Welcome to the People in Supply Chains podcast, where we share the best strategies to help you take control of your supply chain to reduce costs and improve customer experience. So I'm joined today by Tony Tata, the Chief Sales Officer of eShipping. How you doing, man? Doing well. Good. Doing well. So great to have you here. Today's discussion is five ways Amazon is changing the manufacturing industry forever. So now, obviously, Tony, you know, and most of our audience knows that Amazon is a big player in the retail space. I've heard uh, of them. Yeah, you've, <laughs> you've heard of them before. Uh, Amazon owns 49.1% of U.S. commerce uh, by finan- uh, Source Financials Online. You know, they're expected to have 1. Uh, 135 million prime user- users by 2021. So obviously, they're a big company, right? And uh, there's this thing called the Amazon effect. Mm-hmm. And it's it's not only changing the B2C space on how uh, logistics happens, on customer experience, right? But it's also changing the B2B space, right? We're all humans. We all expect a great experience um, whenever we buy our products, whether it's a, a big pallets or um, small boxes that come to our front door. Absolutely. Um, I think that you know, the, the term Amazon effect perhaps is beginning to, to get stale because people have been talking about it for so long, but the effects of that and how it's penetrating the different uh, layers, if you will, of, of B2B experience, particularly in uh, logistics, manufacturing, and shipping, is uh, at all-time high. All-time high. And, and we see here that procurement festivals in the B2B space across industries now expect high levels of service and a unique buying experience from manufacturing companies. So again, it's not just the retailers that ship it to the end consumer, it's in the supply chain. It's in the distribution chain, right? Across businesses. 80% of B2B buyers expect the same experience they receive on the consumer side. And even the fact that companies are switching suppliers for more consumer-like experience. I'm sure you've seen that in, in your world, right? People are switching and and desiring this type of experience. Is that correct? Yeah, so it, I, I say that there's a push-pull uh, factor. The, the first one is the, the push from the consumers, right? They go home, they click some things on their smartphone, they're there in the next 24 to 48 hours, and they have visibility all the way through. And so that is the, the experience, the expectation that begins to span everywhere that same consumer goes. Right? So it, it doesn't matter if it's their personal life or their professional life. They want that same level of service, speed, visibility, and, um, and price. The other one is, is the pull. So I've got to not only respond to that push from the consumer, but then I also begin to pull myself into it as I see, um, as, a, as a shipper, access to new tools, new strategies, new levels of visibility that I didn't have before so that I can make new decisions. And uh, when we get to talk about control, I think those are the things that, that we want to talk about is putting as many levers in my grasp as possible. That's awesome. So we're talking about the five ways uh, Amazon is changing the manufacturing industry. And we have five tips for you guys today. This is part one of a part two series. Uh, we're going to go over two. And then in the next episode, you can watch or listen for the next extra three. Uh, but first, we have some questions. You know, So obviously, this Amazon effect is not any new uh, for our audience, right? Uh, But the questions really are, is what can we do right now as manufacturers, distributors, or suppliers, or any uh, B2B company um, to uh, go about this shift? What what are some things we can think about uh, to start implementing and executing here 
uh, as the months go on in 2020. Right. So first of all, I think you have to, to back up and say, how has it been and what am I being forced to think about? And this same online presence, online ordering, online access to everything from a box of tissues at home to, um, you know, the, the replacement parts you need to keep production up at work. Everything is accessible in some form or fashion online. And so um, I'm being forced into that, whether I like it or not. So when you say, what are uh, some, some new things that I can do? Well, first of all, if you're going to be forced in that space, you need to understand, does e-commerce have a broader uh, play in your company versus uh, retail, bricks and mortar, online uh, distribution, or just your standard order fulfillment uh, strategy as you've been from a manufacturer. Once you get there, then you can back into a lot of different options. Um, we see the most powerful considerations um, reveal themselves. Once you have that go forward or market strategy begin to be blueprinted, then you can say, okay, you brought up Amazon. Does Amazon have a place in that distribution or does it not? that, that uh, begins to bring clarity to your, your strategy. The other thing is, what are the controllables that you haven't had uh, within your reach? I mentioned earlier, getting as many of these levers of control um, in front of your people as possible. And so there's a, there's a few different things. One, who's processing today that should be making management more strategic decisions uh, in the future? Um, one of the one of the quotes that I love that we were at a uh, carrier conference last month and um, we had a, a director from Chick Fil A address the crowd. Love Chick Fil A, absolutely. <laughs> and you know, you you think about Chick Fil A and what they've done in, in standardizing, commercializing their experience to where it's uniform, whether you go uh, in Kentucky or Colorado. And uh, you know, one of the things that she said is in everything we do, we seek to automate. The transactional in order to elevate the personal. And I think that manufacturers and shippers need to think in those same terms. How do we take the mundane transactions and automate those, streamline those? That's a place where technology, integration, um, some of the rules and algorithms of, of today, uh, pricing strategies can come into play. And then elevate the personal. How do I put my people on managing the exceptions, managing the opportunities and, and the logistic um, functionalities within my distribution chain to improve. Traditionally, it's been a couple different levers. I throw price RFPs at the at the carriers mm -hmm. and I try to squeeze that as hard as I can. Right. You know, procurement and a good procurement strategy still has a place. It's not adequate to go in the future and call yourself a, uh, a driving force. Right. You'll be more of a responding force. Right. So you mentioned some might even uh, think about this Amazon effect being a negative thing. But as you just mentioned, Chick-fil-A, you can go anywhere and expect the same type of service. Even these industry challenges like the Amazon effect uh, might be an indicator to start uh, for a company to make sure that the processes are complete across all their companies and all their DCs. Right. Absolutely. Uh, it's, it's kind of a it's a positive, but also negative in some ways. Um, but then how can we plan ahead and adapt for these changes? So you mentioned um, how Chick-fil-A does their operations. How, do you th how does a strategic uh, B2B company plan ahead for these type of industry challenges or market challenges such as the Amazon effect? 
Yeah. So first of all, again, Amazon is a company, right? We've all heard of it. We've seen the little smile floating around on boxes. Um, but the Amazon effect really um, calls out a whole strategy of visibility and control. And I continue to say control because that's really what it is. What I think a company can do to help set up a more forward-looking perspective is they've got to get the same type of visibility. And so, for instance, visibility across not just a, a specific mode or direction, for instance, outbound, but, but seeing everything outbound, inbound, all modes allows me to um, not just see routing, tracking, but true cost, which then enable a whole other layer of decisions. Um, and then also, where am I servicing to? Where am I sourcing from? And how does that align with the market segment that I am serving? And how can I optimize that? Um, that begins to take this theory that Amazon has proved out of um, distributing more closely to my consumer so that they get a fast, visible, competitive experience. Um, it begins to give those same types of uh, options to the, the average manufacturer and shipper. Mm -hmm. So two-day shipping, you know, that's a big thing, or even same-day shipping. Mm -hmm. These are things that B2B companies are expecting now. And so the question is, how do you do that? Of course, you need the visibility. How do you plan ahead, right? But we have two learnings uh, that we can talk about today, uh, and then the last three are in the next uh, part of this episode. Perfect. But the first one is we can be creative for how we charge for shipping. We can be creative for how we charge for shipping. And we have a couple bullets here. Talk to me about how we can be more creative when we charge for shipping, because obviously uh, Amazon Prime, they kind of started, they might have not been the first one, but they started this whole you know free shipping type of thing. Uh, but how can B2B companies uh, even match that for their customers? All right. Well, first of all, if you have 135 million subscribers at $100 a year, <laughs> that's not exactly free shipping. But, right. Um, it's no, nothing's it, it's ever free. Nothing ever is ever free. Yeah. Right. Um, so part of it is really visibility and upfront information. Okay. So, for instance, um, in the in the the B two C realm, or you think about things like Uber Eats, you know, that's minutes away. I want my food, and I need to see where it is. Um, when it's a replacement uh, box of protein bars. You know, that's on a monthly subscription. And once it ships, I want to see where it is within 48 hours. When it's a commodity for uh, the production floor, I may or may not need that within that same speed as long as I have visibility into it. So one of the things from a pricing standpoint is being able to leverage your best logistics and shipping options by setting a proper expectation for the consumer. Right. Because if an expectation set, an expectation met will equal satisfaction. Mm. That's one example. Mm. That's awesome. Expectation. Uh, other incentives are uh, for uh, offering incentives for volume purchasing and long-term PO commitments. Talk absolutely. About that. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that we're seeing customers today do is when they begin to see uh, overall visibility trends of how their sales orders are, are flowing, they can see which lanes do they have uh, concentration in. If I go to that group of customers and I align my terms, for instance, from uh, collect and prepaid and third party to perhaps where I'm controlling all of it and mm -hmm. I can provide an incentive for taking a weekly shipment. I can now control the flow of, of freight in that, that lane. Um, so those are examples of when you have the visibility of how your product's flowing, not just at a transactional level, but aggregately 
throughout the distribution network, now you can make different types of decisions on how you ship it, how you negotiate with a supplier and or a customer to, to align expectations and, and then the cost incentives that come from that. So a lot of, th- those are great tips, a lot of companies are also looking at a thing that you might call process waste analysis, right? They're, they're looking at the inward of their company and saying, how can we be more efficient? And that could, could that play into the creative ways that we uh, charge for shipping or within our supply chain? Absolutely. Um, you know, and, and there's, whole, uh, there's whole schools and, and uh, advanced degrees on eliminating waste and, and efficiency. But, you know, there's also not a, a substitute sometimes for common sense. Right, and, uh, right. You know, I don't have PhDs on, on the dock or at the procurement desk all the time. It's impossibility. But I can provide the best information at the point of decision in processes that they're making every every day, and um, so by aligning those those process level decisions with overarching uh, visibility, um, I like to say that we take the functions of the dock and align them with the initiatives of the C-suite. Mm. And when you can do so, it begins when that type of alignment begins to uh, identify and shine a light on the areas of waste that mm. can be identified and removed. Mm. Do you Have you seen that alignment not, like, it's not there for most companies, the alignment with the C-suite to the dock? <laughs> like, what does that look like in your world? So I think anytime there's more than one person, alignment becomes a challenge. Sure. Right? And uh, then it's just how aggressive are you going to work with overcoming that challenge. Within an organization, there's so many opportunities for people, good-intentioned, uh, to be misaligned with the decisions they're making every day. So yes, I see that uh, quite often, mm. um, and it's something that, again, aligning uh, the the same source of information appropriate to the level of decision making at that point of decision mm. towards the common aligned uh, goals, KPIs, and initiatives can really can really impact a lot of imp- a lot of results positive to that organization. That's the kind of thing that I mean when I'm saying control the controllables. Mm-hmm. There's plenty outside of our control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we don't need to. We don't need to help help ourselves out by uh, taking more of that control away. So that's how a couple ways we can be creative with how we charge for shipping. Process waste analysis, offer incentives for volume purchasing, a multitude of others. So then our second point here is we can provide best-in-class service levels. We can provide best-in-class service levels to our customers. So talk to me about that, Tony. We have a couple bullets, speed of delivery, customer service, tracking and visibility. You've already punched mm-hmm. on that a lot. Tell me more about how we can provide the best-in-class services to our own customers. Well, first of all, what's best-in-class? And it it's really has to do, I think, with what is the expectation and the need for that item or product that's being shipped uh, in a specific lane. And so uh, there, there's no one carrier or one system or one mode that's always going to be right. Right. Um, so identifying the rules, the requirements, uh, be it on the customer or 
or around the commodity uh, allows you to um, clarify what is best in class mm. and then having a proper ac uh, access to an arsenal of shipping options right uh, will allow you to execute on that so shipping options uh, do you recommend so if I'm a manufacturer a pet food manufacturer let's mm -hmm. say um, how many ship shipping uh, options do I give my customers what does that look like should I offer a wide scale and w what does that look like what's best in class service in your mind yeah so um, options to the customer again Part of that's going to be answered with with how you say and define your go-to-market strategy. Sure, is that a, a, a B2B, B2C, uh, bricks and mortar, uh, e-com, that type of thing. But really, um, the greater visibility that I have in that order horizon, and so we talk, we spend a lot of time with our customers, understanding how soon can they know or forecast mm -hmm. an order, mm -hmm. and the and. The obvious answer is the further back I can draw that that bow of visibility is what I call it, um, the longer and more accurate uh, opportunity I have to hit the target. Mm -hmm. And so we uh, like to utilize integration to understand and present visibility of a possible shipment at the point of an order. Um, and if we can get that into uh, a shipper's uh, horizon or, or radar, mm -hmm then we can help them understand what might they need to ship when and and then present the options of how to do that. I don't know if that answers your question no, directly. That's great. That's but great. um setting the expectations setting the expectation, giving them visibility, the customers uh, visibility to the shipments, uh, wherever that whenever that is in the the lane that Correct. it's being shipped. Correct. Right? That's fantastic. Talk to me about customer service customer service and how we can provide best in class. I mean, obviously the tracking and visibility goes into that. Um, is there anything else we can do for the customer service aspect so we can uh, help, uh, of course, our business grow and then uh, supply everything we right. need to their customers? So we spend a lot of time talking about expectations, mm -hmm. right? right? Whether it's the expectation that's been created from this um, quote unquote Amazon effect, uh, whether it's the expectation that a customer has just in respects to their general business. One of the biggest uh, things that I think uh, a shipper has to have in order to create the best customer experience for their their clientele is knowledge. Okay. Right. So not everything's going to go perfect all the time. When it does, I need to know that we are aligned in in the the mode, the speed, and the the visibility of the status of a shipment. When it doesn't go right and as much as we don't like it, that's going to happen. That's that's typically the only thing you can guarantee is there's going to be an issue. How fast can I know about it? How fast can I get the information to intervene and and um, get that information in order to make an adjustment? And so part of that customer service is not just being perfect every time. Mm -hmm. It's allowing them uh, real-time access to, to exceptions and issues so that they can respond within their business as well. That's great. That's a great point. So customer service is not just when everything goes right. Really, customer service is when things go wrong. And, you know, we live in an imperfect world. So when things do go wrong, how do you handle it? Correct. As And if you have that visibility set up already, that's going to help you uh, so much more uh, in the future and to have uh, a plan uh, for the future, right? Yeah. And hey, listen, I mean, we're, we're in, I don't know if unprecedented times is too strong of a term, but mm -hmm from capacity challenges to 
regulations in trucking and infrastructure on highways. There's all kinds of things challenging the supply chain today. The more we can do to align uh, data, information, communication, and focus of performance across shippers, carriers, customers, only helps create a better aligned experience. That's fantastic. So those are the two learnings we have for this episode. We can be creative more for how we charge for shipping, and we can provide best-in-class service levels. We'll talk about the other three on the next episode of People in Supply Chains podcast. Thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions, uh, let us know. Uh, Email us at connect at peopleandsupplychainspodcast.com.